This is the Everyday Encouragement Podcast with Beth Sargent, where you will be encouraged to be confident, courageous, and inspired in everyday life. Welcome to the Everyday Encouragement Podcast. I'm your host, Beth. I'm so excited that you decided to join me today. I pray that this podcast not only encourages you, but will equip you and challenge you to live your very best life. I want to take a second today and just tell a little about myself. My name is Beth Sargent, and I live near Louisville, Kentucky with my wonderful husband, Josh Sargent. We have been together since we were 15 years old. We are high school sweethearts, and this June, we will be married 24 years. We have three amazing children, Stephen, Sophia, and Sarah, and a wonderful daughter-in-law, Sierra, and of course, we can't forget about Mikey the Pug. My husband and I pastor a church in Louisville, Kentucky called Good Shepherd Church. It is a wonderful church. We love what God's called and created us to do, and I also wrote a book about taking charge of your health. It is called Take Charge. You can find that on Amazon. I do have a couple of other books getting ready to come out soon, so I'm very, very excited about that. You all will have to watch for that, but a lot of good, exciting things coming up really soon. I want to stop and say thank you today. I want to say thank you to all of my faithful listeners. Thank you for coming in every week, listening to the podcast, and just letting me come into your home, into your car to encourage you. It's exciting to see everywhere that this is being listened to, and there this podcast is being listened to throughout the whole world in different countries, and, and that really excites me because my heart is to do the Great Commission, and that is to go into all the world and to share the good news, and the way that I can share the good news is through this podcast by encouraging each and every one of you, by equipping you and challenging you to live your very best life. So thank you for sharing. If you know a friend that hasn't heard the podcast, podcast yet. Go ahead, share it to them. Let them know and let them get encouraged as well. But I want to go ahead and jump right into this. And as I always say every week, I want our time together to be like two friends catching up together at our favorite coffee shop. So go ahead, grab your cup of coffee or tea and let's start chatting. So I want to ask you a question today. Have you ever had to deal with a difficult person? If we're honest, we can all say, yes, we have come across a difficult person a time or two in our life. Maybe today you've came across a difficult person and you step back and you wonder, how am I supposed to deal with this difficult person? What am I supposed to do that's going to share the love of God and I can handle how to deal with a difficult person? Now, difficult people, they may be bitter. They may not take responsibility for their actions. Maybe it's someone that's grouchy or ungrateful, that's not a team player, or everything has to be all about them, or they never believe they're in the wrong, or they have a bad attitude. But We have to know that there will always be people in our lives who are difficult, and we need to remember that we can be difficult as well. You know, we're not perfect, and just because other people are difficult to deal with, sometimes we've got to step back and make sure we're not the one that's being difficult to deal with, because no one is perfect, and I know that there have been many times that I've been difficult, not that I've meant to, but I've been a difficult person. 
But something I want us to think about today is that difficult people will either set you back or they will propel you forward. It's all about how you react to that difficult person. Do you give in to that difficult person and you become grouchy and you become irritated Or do you walk in love and you do what God wants you to do? Because really, we are not responsible for a difficult person's actions, but we are responsible for our reaction. We've got to step back and know, how am I supposed to react to this difficult person? And I know that God's word always gives us instructions. His word is there to help us through the issues of life and to guide us and direct us. So today I want to go ahead and look in 2 Timothy because the Bible tells us how to deal with difficult people. In 2 Timothy 2, 23-26, Paul's talking with Timothy on how to deal with difficult people. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, not just some, but everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants." I want us to see today that, yes, we're all going to deal with difficult people and they're all going to come in our lives and it's how we react to them. But I also want us to see that God wants us to have a peaceful home. He wants us to live a life of peace. And we need to see how do we deal with difficult people so that we can bring peace into our home, so that we can provide the peace that God wants us to have. So one way that we do that is we look at the Word of God and what it says, and it tells us that we've got to be kind, we've got to be patient. And so we're going to take a look at this on how can we provide a peaceful home, a peaceful atmosphere that God's going to help us how to deal with difficult people. Now, I don't know about you, but I love to cook for my family. It's one of my ways of showing my love to my family and friends. When I cook for them, I'm just showing them how much I love them and I appreciate them. I love being in the kitchen and cooking with my girls. I love the conversations that we have. I love the conversations that we have around the dinner table. I look forward to that every day. And I love being able to do that. And I have a lot of great memories that is around the kitchen. I have great memories with my mamaw. My mamaw was an amazing cook. And when I grew up and I got married, I didn't know how to cook. And so I would call my mamaw and I would ask her, mamaw, how do you make sausage gravy? Because my mamaw made the best sausage gravy. And she would say, oh, well, you would add a little bit of flour and a little bit of bacon grease and and this and that. And she never had correct measurements. And my sausage gravy turned out terrible. It was so watery. It was horrible. It was nothing like my mamaw's. But my mamaw was such a good cook that she didn't have to have measurements. And I realized, though, for me... I needed the directions, and I needed the right uh, directions for the recipe. Whenever I got married, I tried to make mashed potatoes, and the mashed potatoes were so runny and so terrible. And so I kept practicing and practicing and practicing, and finally, after probably 30 times, I finally figured out the right consistency for mashed potatoes. 
And then one day, my husband, Josh, he was so sweet about it. He said, honey, these mashed potatoes are great, but I think you figured it out. I think we can take a break from mashed potatoes. I had completely burned him out of mashed potatoes. And then there have been a couple of times that I've cooked a recipe and I didn't exactly have what it called for. I remember when I had first been married, I was going to make a chocolate cake and it asked for oil. Well, I couldn't find any vegetable oil, but I did have some garlic vegetable oil. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what in the world? How could she even think that was going to work? (laughs) But I did. I thought that maybe it would work. And so I used the garlic oil in the cake thinking, oh, it's oil. It's not going to matter. And we bit into that cake and oh my gosh, it was terrible. I had never had a garlic chocolate cake before in my life. And it was the last garlic chocolate cake that I had. I couldn't substitute. It was calling for oil, but I could not substitute it for garlic oil. And then there was one time I decided I was going to make this great big pot of potato soup. We had a small group coming over to our home for dinner, and I was cooking potato soup. And I peeled 20 pounds of potatoes and cut them up, and it called for evaporated milk. And I was in a hurry, and I picked up a can at the grocery store and come home. Well, it actually said sweetened condensed milk. Well, I didn't think that there was going to be a difference. And I used that and there was a big difference. It was sweet potato soup. And all the ladies, they were so kind and so sweet to eat that potato soup. But the guys did not. They wanted to eat the kids' corn dogs that night. And I look back and and now that I've been cooking for years now, I look back at that and think, what in the world was I thinking? Why would I think that it was okay to use that? Well, we've got to follow the directions. When we're using a recipe, we've got to follow those directions. And God has given us directions for a recipe for a peaceful home. So I want us to take a look at that. And the first thing it says for this is the ingredients for a peaceful home. The first ingredient is love. We need to love instead of having strife. In verse 24, it says, don't get involved in foolish arguments. This is one way the enemy will try to get us. He will try to get us with this is by joining in to foolish arguments. And one thing I think about is Facebook. I never like for people to argue on Facebook. I never join in on the arguments. And I definitely will never argue scripture. And we've got to be so careful because the enemy fights relationships. And we've got to remember the word of God says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And he would love nothing more than to come and say, well, don't you know that so-and-so really thinks this about you? And they didn't say hi to you today, so they must be upset with you. But you know what? In reality, that's not it at all. But he loves to try to come and put those thoughts in your mind. But if we are going to have a peaceful home, if we're going to live a life full of peace, then we have to have the ingredient of love and not strife. That we want to live a life of love, that we don't want strife all the time. No one wants to live with strife, but it's up to us 
to take action on that, that you know what, I'm not going to live in strife, but I am going to love. And we also need to know what traps the enemy sets for us, because I believe that he sets different traps for us throughout the day to see if we're going to take the bait, if we're going to fall into that trap. Now, there's somebody that I knew in my life, and they always wanted to pick a fight. No matter what, I would be on the phone with them or I would be hanging out and spending time with them and I could see it coming. I could see it and all they wanted to do was pick a fight. And I wish I could tell you that I learned very quickly that that's what they were wanting to do, but I didn't. There were so many times I fell for that trap. And we've got to be so careful. And then finally, throughout years of falling for the trap, I finally realized, you know what? This is the trap of the enemy. I'm not going to argue with them. So when I was on the phone with them and they were trying to pick a fight, trying to start a fight, I would just look for a reason to get off the phone. So the first ingredient for a peaceful home is to have love instead of strife. And the second ingredient for a peaceful home, again, to live a life of peace, we need to be kind to one another instead of being rude and mean and spiteful. The verse 24 says, a servant of the Lord must be kind to everyone. Yes, that means we have to be kind to the difficult person. (laughs) We have to be kind to that person that is so hard to deal with. But we've got to ask God to help us, help us to be kind. It says in Ephesians 4.29 in the Message Bible, it says, Watch the way that you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. So only say only what helps each word a gift. The words that you're speaking today, are they gifts? Are they gifts of love to someone? Are you loving that person? Are you being kind? Are they kind words? Ecclesiastes 10.12 says, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. Now, I know what it's like to deal with people that want to push your button. They know what gets you. They know what aggravates you. And it seems like that that is their main thing. They just want to push your button. But I just want to encourage you today that you don't have to give in to that. You don't have to give in to them pushing your button. You can overcome that. Don't let them push that button. And I encourage you today, ask the Lord, Lord, how can I be kind to others? Are my words being kind? Am I being kind or am I being rude? Am I being mean? I love Proverbs 31 in the Message Bible. It says, a good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful. She treats him generously all her life long. And I looked up the definition for spiteful. And do you know what that means? It means venomous. So if you put that in there, she's never venomous. So venomous comes from venom. And venom is deadly. And whenever a person is bit by a snake, that venom will attack three parts of their body. It will attack their heart, their head, 
and their mind. So we want to be so careful, ladies, that we're not allowing strife to come in, that we are being kind to one another and that our words are being kind and that they're not being venomous, that we watch how we say things and we stop and ask God to help us. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Kind means to be gentle. It means to be caring and helpful and courteous. So we got to stop and ask, are we being kind to the difficult person. I know it's not natural to want to be kind to a difficult person. (laughs) The natural response is to be difficult to the difficult person. But if we're going to have a peaceful home, if we're going to live a life of peace, then we've got to stop and we've got to be kind. We need to stop and think about where they're coming from. You know, I love the scripture in Proverbs where it says, in all you're getting, get understanding. What if when we encounter a difficult person? What if we just stop and try to get understanding? What if we stop before we even respond and say, okay, God, help me to respond in a kind way. Lord, help me to love and not bring strife. Because you know what? When they're being difficult, they're bringing strife, but you don't have to add to that and bring strife, but you want to bring love and then you want to be kind. It reminds me of a woman at at the grocery store years and years ago There was a grocery store that I would pop into when I was on my way home. It was really easy access to get to that grocery store. And there was a woman there and she was grouchy and she was mean. And I I have to admit, I didn't want to go in her lane when I was there. When she was working, I would be like, oh my gosh, I would roll my eyes and I would say, oh my gosh, why in the world does she have to be working today? Lord, she is so difficult to deal with. And I would have to end up going into her lane and no matter how kind I was trying to be and, and I would smile and just say, Hey, how are you doing? Hope you're having a good day. And, and she was just never cracked a smile. She seemed so mean, so rude. And I just, I would get so frustrated with her and I would walk away and say, well, Lord, I just don't even understand about her. I don't even know why she's being so difficult. This is so aggravating until one day, one day, the scripture in Proverbs, it came about for me and it really taught me a big lesson. So one day I was driving down the road and from the grocery store on down the road were these little tiny homes and they they weren't much of a home and you could tell it was just a bad area of the neighborhood and it was just little run down homes and, and it just was a bad area. And so I was driving and And one day I saw the cashier walking down the sidewalk toward those homes and she had all of these grocery bags. She had just gotten off work and she had did some grocery shopping and she was walking home. Well, then the Lord spoke to me and said he wanted me to take her home. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not encouraging you guys to go pick up a stranger and take them home. Only in the case when the Lord's really saying that you need to do this because I don't do this to everyone. But I knew that this was what God was saying to me to do. And so I pulled over, I rode the window down, and I said, hey, 
do you live very far? Could I take you home? Because she had her hands full of groceries. And and in the minute, before that ever happened, when the Lord told me he wanted me to take her home, I argued with him. I was like, Lord, don't you see this is the woman that's mean at the grocery store. I'm kind to her all the time. And she's so difficult. But yet the Lord was like, no, I want you to take her home. And so she was like, well, yeah, that would be good. And I think it was raining that day too. And so she went, she put her groceries in the car and we started and I asked her, you know, where do you live? And sure enough, she lived in one of those homes. She had lots of children and she had a really rough life. She opened up and talked a little bit to me. And in that moment, I realized, you know what? When she seemed rude at the grocery store, it wasn't about me. She just had a difficult life. And in that moment, I had to move past my feelings because you know what? That's really what it's about. When we come across a difficult person, are we going to go on our feelings or are we going to do what God's called us to do? And so in that, in that moment, I learned to be kind and to get understanding. You know what? She had a rough life. And so we're going to encounter difficult people. But I know that God wants to remind us in all of our getting, get understanding. We don't know how their morning was that day. We don't know what they're facing. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe their their children are having a hard time. Maybe there's a lot of sickness in their family. I don't know. And you don't know. And so we've got to choose to love. And we've also got to choose to be kind. And the third ingredient for a peaceful home to live a life of peace is we need to be patient. That's right. We need to be patient instead of being angry and frustrated. Verse 24 says, be patient with difficult people. Now, I've had to learn to not say that I'm frustrated. There have been times that I've said I'm frustrated when really I'm trying to hide that I'm being impatient and mad. And another definition of patience is enduring. We need to know that God can give us the patience to endure what we're enduring with this difficult person. Again, we don't know what they're facing, but God wants us to be patient. Romans 15, 5 through 7 says, May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so God will be given the glory. And the fourth recipe for a peaceful home and to live a life of peace is unity. We need unity instead of division. Some of our greatest joys come out of a life together, but some of our wounds come out of relationships too. And so we've got to be so careful that we don't give in to the enemy and we have division. We want unity. The fifth ingredient would be forgive instead of being offended. Now, I just did a podcast on being forgiving, that forgiveness frees us. And so if you didn't listen, I encourage you to go back and take a listen to that. But this is an ingredient that we cannot leave out of this recipe. If we're going to have a peaceful home, and if we're going to have a life of peace, then we have to learn to forgive. There's going to be opportunities every day for us to be offended, but we've got to stop and we've got to remember that God forgives. 
Colossians 3, 12 through 14 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Wow. Make allowance for each other's faults. That means that you stop and you try to get understanding and you forgive anyone who offends you. You ask God to help you to forgive them. Help me, Lord, not to be offended when someone does something. Help me not to be offended when that difficult person comes about. And it's, we've got to make that choice. And how many of us need forgiveness? We all need forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is the first time it was mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 50, 17 with Joseph and his brothers. Here was Joseph and his brothers sold him into slavery and then went and told their dad that he was dead. But Joseph had an opportunity. His brothers came and needed help. They needed food. It was during a famine. And so here was Joseph. What was he going to do? And you know what God said? Joseph said, what you meant to harm me, but God turned it around for my good. Joseph forgave his brothers forgave the ones that sold him into slavery. And you need to remember that whatever the enemy meant for harm, God will turn it around for your good. I once read a quote about Billy Graham. He said, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict. God's job is to judge. And my job is to love. We've got to forgive the way that God has forgiven us. God has forgiven us, and I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to walk in love. I want to encourage you that when that difficult person comes along, that you act in kindness and that you get understanding. I want to encourage you today that you ask God to help you to be patient instead of angry and frustrated. I want you to be encouraged that we need to walk in unity that we don't want division. And I want to encourage you to forgive instead of being offended. I want to leave you with this. As I was praying, as I do with all of the podcasts, as I get ready to come on and share what God's laid on my heart, every time that I pray, it seems like God gives me a specific word for you guys. And this is what I heard the Lord say. The Lord says, I have called you to take the high road and walk in love. You are going to encounter people that have that are hurt and don't know what to do. I am giving you understanding. Haven't I said in my word, and all you're getting get understanding. The enemy wants you to take it personally, what others may do or say to you. But I tell you, don't take it personally. I have commanded you to walk in love, and it's not in your strength that you can do this. It's not in your own reasoning that you can do this, but through me, you can. When you lean into me, I give you what you need to love others. As you learn to love others, I will bring healing to your heart and bless you abundantly. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a great promise of what God will do for us if we love, if we're kind, if we're forgiving, if we walk in unity? Because God wants us to have a peaceful home. He wants us to live a life of peace.
I hope that this time together has been encouraging to you. Please share, subscribe, and leave a positive review. Until next time, God bless you. I am praying for you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for the Everyday Encouragement Podcast with Beth Sargent. Please subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a positive review.